Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Marie, and thank you, everybody, for joining us back here on this brand new podcast of 2023. Rick, this is the very first one. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Sean. I hope very soon I'll stop writing 2022 on all my documents and (laughs) I'll uh, get into the 2023. Yes, yes. I I hope to do that as well. And uh, so, you know, it's 2023 and, you know, we have no warranty on this this year. I mean, we, we but we have to drive it. We have to get it done. So, um, you know, so let's make it a good one. And, and Rick, the way that you're wanting to do this is you have started a brand new series with us uh, or for us called the Jordan River Rules. So, uh, Rick, what is this series and why did you choose it? And who is this series for? Sean, several years ago, Grace did a series called the Red Sea Rules. And yes. It was based on Robert Morgan's wonderful book by that title. And it told the story of God leading Israel out of Egypt and through the 40 years in the wilderness with Moses at the helm. Yes. Well, he has now written a sequel, and I read the book about a year ago, and I thought, oh, we've got to to do this at Grace. It's a wonderful little book called The Jordan River Rules. Hmm. And it takes up right where the Red Sea Rules left off. And it tells the story of God leading Israel into the Promised Land not under the leadership of Moses, but now under the new leader of man by the name of Joshua. Mm. And you, you ask why? Why would I want to do this series? And who is it for? Sean, uh, we all face transitions in life. Yeah, You cannot avoid transitions in life. Yeah. It could be moving from single to married. It could be moving from one town to another. It could be moving from no kids to having kids or from having kids to the kids moving out, a new job, all kinds of transitions we face in life. And one thing we all share in common is we face change. There may be a bit of excitement, but honestly, change is scary. Yes, stressful. Because we don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. And change is scary, but it's also inevitable And we have to understand it's also essential. Change is is an essential part of life. And so you ask, who does this apply to? Only people who go through transitions. (laughs) And so that's everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I think it's it's wonderful. I I think about those people who were, all they knew was, even their forefathers or or their parents, all they knew was slavery in Egypt. But this generation didn't know the slavery. What this generation knew was just roaming the desert for the past how many years? Forty years. Forty years. Yeah. And and suddenly they're they're. I, I think you had to be the cutoff date back then was eighteen, right? I believe so. Yeah. And so now you have really people that they're my age and actually older. Let's say they were eighteen, and so they're able to make it in. But they're they're now nearing the fall or the twilight of their life. Yeah. And uh, it, and it's their children now that have been living in the desert this whole time, maybe even some of their grandchildren. Talk about a major transition. They Oof. are going to move from being desert wanderers yeah. into an army, a conquering army, moving into a land, and they're going to have to drive out 
the uh, the inhabitants of that land, the wicked, evil Canaanites. Yes, under yeah. God's direction. So there is a huge talk about scary. Yeah, it's like okay, uh, trade in your shepherd's staff for a sword. Yeah, that's huge. Got to be frightening. Right. And so because of that, this story has such relevance to us as we face those frightening transitions in life. Right. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. And so. The promise that you that you make is that at the end of the series, we're going to find that the same God who led us out will lead us on. I mean, that sounds fine, Rick, but you know, what if I've been burned too many times by broken promises by people? What if what if I've suffered too many disappointments from unfulfilled starts and dreams? What if I understand that staying where I am, it might be torture, but there's no security in moving, say, to a job I, from a job I hate to something I don't know about? Or that, what if I'm saying that uh, I'm in a toxic relationship? It's better than not having one, right? But in other words, what if moving forward is just too risky? Sean, if you'll let me be blunt, welcome to life on the fallen <laughs> planet Earth. Why you have to go there, Rick? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be great if there were easy answers to those questions? Yeah. But the bottom line is, we, it is what it is, and we live in a fallen world where all of those things that you just mentioned are true. But if you'll go back and think about those questions, Sean, that you just asked, this series is all about choices, mm. and you have to make a choice. Do I stay here, or do I move forward? Do I stay in this relationship, in this job, in fill-in-the-blank, right? or am I willing to take a risk and move forward? forward. Yeah. Sean, I found it interesting. Years ago, there was a survey, and they surveyed 50 people that they located who were 95 years old and up. Oh, my. So these people had lived. They're ancient. A long, long <laughs> life. But talk about experience. And they asked them a simple question that if you had it to do over again, what would you do different? They got a lot of different answers, but there were three answers that kept coming to the top, but one of the top three answers is what grabbed me. They said, if I had it to do over, I would risk more. Whoa. Now think about that. If I had it to do over, they didn't say, if I had it to do over, I'd play it safe. Hmm. No, no. I would risk more. It's a shame if we get to the end of life and we die with with regrets. Yeah. That's what this series is really about. I don't want people to die with regrets. We're not talking about making stupid choices right. and stupid decisions and and uh, things that would put your family at a dangerous risk. We're not talking about that. Yeah. But we are talking about when you're in a when you're in a bad place, in a bad relationship, a bad job, is it worth it to take a risk? When you hit those transition points, you have to make a choice. Mm. Do I stay in the wilderness or do I enter the promised land? Yeah. That's what this series is all about. I think that there's, that's the lie of Satan. Satan wants us to get used to, to drinking the, the, the swill at the bottom of the garbage pail, thinking that this is all you're ever going to get. So mm. don't even dream about getting out of this pit and finding something better. Yeah, God wants us to dream new dreams. And yeah. Scripture's full of stories of, of people in, in, in God's family who were faced with a choice, fork in the road, and they, they decided, you know, I'm going to take a risk. Yeah. And the whole story of, of Joshua that we're going to be studying in this series 
uh, you know, these people decided, okay, we're going to go for it. We're going to take a risk. We're going to cross the Jordan River, go into the promised land, and we know there's going to be challenges, but there's also going to be rewards. And it shows that truly the God you know, who led us out of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, he is going to lead us on to the promised land. Wow. And that, that really is the, the difference, isn't it? It's not just that we're going someplace. It's that God's already there. Yeah. He's leading us on. And uh, wow, I'm so excited about this series. Okay, so you started the, the you started on Sunday with, with, with this prelude, you know, looking at the foundation of Joshua's succession from Moses as Israel's leader. Uh, and so you entitled the message, The Best is Yet to Come. Um, God told Moses, well, you know, you, you disobeyed me in an egregious way, and so you're not going to step into the promised land, but I'll let you take a look at it. <laughs> so I always thought that was funny, not funny, but kind of tragic. You know, how, how is that the best is yet to come for Moses? And I think you, have to, you would have to understand Moses and his heart and his passion and honestly, Sean, you know, he was 120 years old. What he had gone through, mm. and it dawned on me that even though Moses does not get to go into the promised land on this occasion, that you had to realize Moses loved the people of Israel. Yes. I mean, they drove him nuts, kind of like our kids drive us nuts. Yeah. But he, he still loved them. And he, was, he had to be excited for them to finally be able to, to reach their dream. Yeah. and to enter the promised land. So just like we're excited for our children when something good happens to them, and maybe we don't get to experience yeah. that, but our kids do. And so in a in a healthy way, we get to live vicariously through our children Yeah, and because we're excited for them. I think Moses was that. Also, I think, uh, uh, and again, <clears throat> you have to be a leader, but mission accomplished. Right. He had to have great satisfaction that he had done exactly what God called him to do. God said, I want you to lead these people from point A, crossing the Red Sea, yeah. to point B, the Jordan River. He did it. Yeah. He got he had it done. So when when he walked up the, the Mount Nebo right. to die, yeah. he had to have a smile on his face because he knew he had done what God had called him. Yeah. Really called him to do. Hey, yeah. can I add one more? Yeah, please. As a leader and as an aging leader <laughs> nearing retirement, I can tell you another reason. Leaders are human and they just flat out get tired. Right. Can you imagine leading the people of Israel for 40 years? Sean, get ready for this, going in circles in the wilderness. Oh. 40 years. Right. I, I had a feeling, you know, Moses probably said, God, stick a fork in me. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm tired. I want to retire. But it's, <laughs> but it's the good kind of tired. Yeah. So that's my answer. You know, I, I, I can't help but see, you know, the Charlton Heston Moses, okay? <laughs> From the Ten Commandments, which I still love to watch. And um, when, I, when I think about... Uh, I, can, I can just imagine in my mind's eye, you know, he's, he's on a rock and he's... You said six miles, right? Six miles from Mount Nebo. Yeah. To, and he could see it. He was that close. Yeah, he could see it. And so I imagine him leaning against a rock, smiling, thinking, they're going to do it. They're gonna, we did it. We did we it. We did it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but there's more to the story, but we'll get back to in a minute. So anyway, uh, you gave us three steps in making sure that we see that the best is yet to come. 
by appreciating the past, accepting the present, and anticipating the future. By the way, folks, you've got to go and listen to this fantastic message. If you haven't let, uh, listened to it already, just go to roswellgrace.com forward slash watch, and or it's, it's on the main page. Just go look for um, uh, Jordan River Rules right there on the page. But anyway, let's start with the first step. How does appreciating the past help us to see the best is yet to come. Is, is the framing of the faith of the patriarchs a, a fundamental clue to how we comprehend or apprehend the best is yet to come? Yeah, appreciating the past, Sean, gives us perspective. More than anything else, when, when we're in the middle of a choice, we get tunnel vision. Mm. But when you will take a good hard look into the past, all of a sudden you get perspective and you, you begin to remember the, the faithfulness of God. You, you read the stories of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and you realize they went through hard times and they had tough choices. But look, God was with them. His presence and his power were with them mm. each step along the way. And by looking at the past, you, it, it broadens your perspective. It pulls the, the blinders off of your tunnel vision. Yeah. And you begin to say, you know, I... Look what God has done in the past, not just for other people, but also in my past. I look mm. back in my past, Sean. There were times that I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? You know, am I, am I willing to take a step of faith? Am I willing to do it? And I look back, and when I did, I look and I see, well, God's hands, was, was, he was all over this thing. Yeah. God was leading me. He was preparing the future and his presence and his power. To me, that's what you learn. You learn his presence and his power. That's what Israel is about to see as they cross the Jordan River. God has said, I'm with you every step, Joshua. I'm with you every step. My presence and my power are going to be with you. That's the advantage of looking into the past. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so so that's it's important to, to, uh, to look, or I should say appreciate the past. What about accepting the present. I mean, that's crucial too, right? Uh, but that involves really kind of grieving over what didn't come to pass, which is hard because for some of us, we have to accept, say, that their marriage failed or accept that their health has crumbled uh, with little options, um, accepting that perhaps their, their income, the happiness, le- uh, happiness, to, uh, happiness <laughs> level, income to happiness level is out of balance. You know, I could go on, but what... I, I want to go back to the aspect of, of grieving. Why, why is it important? Uh, is, is learning to grieve an important part of our discipleship? Uh, isn't grieving really kind of accepting second best? Not really. Uh, you know, Sean, you, you're well aware of this. In, in recovery ministry, we help people learn, we say it this way, accepting the things we cannot change. Yeah. So Moses had to look at the reality that he was not going to go into the promised land. He would no longer be their leader. Yeah. He had to he had to accept. Well, he didn't have to, but he accepted. He accepted <laughs> yeah. the present. And I thought, what other responses could Moses have made? What what other responses do we have to the <laughs> present reality that we cannot change? Yeah. Well, we can deny it. Uh-huh. Uh, we can we can get bitter. Yep. He could have been angry at God. Uh he could have just, well, I'm just going to give up on God. How many people do we know? When they face the reality of, of mm. the painful realities of life, yeah. they just throw in the towel and give up. <clears throat> Learning to accept the things we cannot change always will lead 
eventually to emotional and spiritual health. It's a difficult journey. Yeah. It's the road less traveled, no uh-huh. doubt about it. But part of this, part of just accepting the reality of this is the way things are. Yeah. And on this one, I can't make it go away. I can't, I can't change this. That will lead, Sean, to a healthy grief. And grief is a very good thing. It's a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. People who don't go through grief when they lose a loved one, for example, um, if they they don't go through grief, uh, that pain will paralyze them from from spiritual growth. And I find it interesting, Sean, and and if people listen to the sermon, they're going to hear in Deuteronomy 34, the Israelites, when Moses walked away, and they no longer had their leader. It said they grieved for Moses thirty days, so they designated yeah. a time. They said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna be real. We're gonna be realistic. Uh, we cannot change the fact that Moses is gonna leave us and die. Uh, we're not gonna deny it. We're not gonna mm. get angry. We're gonna grieve for thirty days, and at the end of thirty days, we're gonna follow Joshua." Yeah. What a healthy perspective. Yeah. And we've got to learn. Go through the grief process in your life, but don't get stuck in the grief process. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Move forward. I, I was thinking while you were talking about that, I thought it, it is really a, a cherished gift that God gives us this ability to, to grieve, uh, to kind of go through the process. One, another, another aspect of grief is bargaining where we start to think, well, if only this had happened, if only that had happened. I, I can't imagine Moses to, to with his dying breath saying, if only they hadn't sinned, if only I hadn't sinned at Kadesh Barnea, if only uh, if they, if it's their fault that they drove me to do this. I was so angry because of them. Yeah. And I imagine that, that the Israelites, they could have said, oh, we could have been here so much sooner. If only, if only. It doesn't help. No, no. And, and Moses could have bargained with God. Tell you what, God, if you'll let me go into the land, I'll do this for you. Oh, yeah. People do that. <laughs> yeah, People that's that. right. God, if you'll only do this, then I'll yeah. do that. You, th- those bargains don't work, Sean. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it, it doesn't help. And so, but I, I, I appreciate part of accepting is also to receive the grace that God gives us. And, uh, I love that when when Paul was praying because he had that thorn in the flesh, and and God said to him, "What uh, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. My power is made perfect in your weakness." Yeah. Sean, I would throw in you know, if any 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 of our people in the audience today, if you're stuck in grief, we have a ministry here called Grief Share, yeah, and it's getting ready to kick off, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's got a beginning and an end, and you go through a curriculum, but it is brought so much health and relief to people who have been stuck in grief and they don't know how to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. So if, if people out there are, are stuck in grief, check out, just go to our webpage and, and you'll find a link about Grief Share. Right. And come and check it out. And perhaps Grief Share will um, give you the tools to break out of your grief and move to a healthy acceptance. Yeah, uh, complicated grief is something that happens a lot. And so, uh, by the way, that that web webpage is called the Road to Healing, and you can it's actually featured in the rotating uh, carousel that we have at, at Roswell Grace um, because we did a, a great uh, newspaper advertisement. So, wanted to make sure that was put in there. Okay, you close the message on on a really startling observation, one that 
honestly, I had never seen before. Um, could you tell us again what that was? Yeah, it was very interesting. You have to fast forward to the New Testament, the ministry of Jesus toward the end of yeah. his three-year public ministry. He goes up on what is called the Mount of Transfiguration, mm -hmm. and he is transfigured, and he, it's, it was an amazing moment. Yeah. But part of that experience while he was on this mountain is that Moses and Elijah appeared to him. Hmm. And it, it said that Moses and Elijah talked to Jesus about his departure. Yeah. Actually, it's the word exodus. Uh, talked oh. about his exodus, about his departure, his his death. Yeah. Now, and sometimes we, we miss a little important tidbit in that story, Sean. And, and it is, at that moment, where is Moses standing? He's standing in the promised land. In the promised land. land, yeah. He's standing in the promised <laughs> land. I love the fact, and I said Sunday, I love the fact that God has all these little surprises up his sleeve yeah. for his children. Now, you know, a thousand years or so, 1,400 years early with Moses, God didn't say, now Moses, one of these days... I'm going to let you appear before the Messiah in the promised land. Yeah. I know, God kept that little secret. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had a feeling, you know, if I can say this, God had a little twinkle in his eye yeah. when he buried Moses <laughs> up there, uh, you know, and when Moses died on Mount Nebo, because yeah. God knew, God knew that, you know, one of these days, I'm going to surprise Moses. He's going to make it to the promised land, and he gets to appear with Elijah, and he gets to appear with the Messiah, Jesus himself. Yes. Wow. And That's by a, the way, God still has surprises for his children today. Yeah. And so we got we just have to remember, God is a great God. He, he's, like, he's like a good father. That's right. And don't we love to surprise our kids? I mean, how many, how many surprises did you give your kids at Christmas? That's right. You know, you love to do that. Well, God is that kind of a father. That's right. So he has surprises for us. I think about what Jesus told us. When he said, uh, you know, look, you being evil, if you know how to give gifts to your children, what, what makes you think the Heavenly Father is going to do any worse? Oh, you yeah. know, and so I, I, it's going to be just fantastic. All the things that maybe we, we struggled with on earth, the hardships that we had to endure. Uh, boy, just you wait. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just going to be fantastic. And I, I couldn't help but also think about that, that wonderful Hebrews verse. Uh, in chapter 11, is it, uh, where he said that these were all commended, uh, all, those, all those people that he listed for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. God had planned something better for us. I always thought that was interesting. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. Is, is there like a tie-in, you think? Oh, I think so. And I thought of that passage, and I can't remember where it is, but... Uh, where Scripture says, no eye has seen, no oh, ears yeah. heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those. Yeah. Who? For those who love him, yeah. his children. God, God has incredible things planned. And some people want to think, why didn't God tell us more about heaven? It's because God has things up his sleeve. It's like, <laughs> it's like a child saying, God, hey, Dad, why didn't you tell me all the gifts you have for me at Christmas? Yeah. God, well, a father says, because I want to surprise you. Yeah. Why, God, why didn't you tell us more about eternity? We yeah. have no idea, Sean. We have no idea. Right. We haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg of what God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, that's so funny. It, it, actually, uh, I was talking to my brother about how, and I, he, he was... He was confessing that he had, uh, there, was, there was one Christmas where 
He wanted to know what was under the tree. So he, he got under the tree, got out this gift. He, un, he cut open the package real carefully and found out what it was. And he said, when Christmas morning came, he was so disappointed. What a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, he said, I never did that again. And <laughs> I did the same thing. And I remember thinking, I will never do that again. I want, I like the surprise. Yeah. I like it. And so, I do too. And so does God. Yeah. Yeah, he knows us. Okay, well, Rick, you've already announced your own retirement and begun the process. Can, can you say that the best is yet to come for you and Mary? I mean, you'll no longer be on the bridge captaining the ship, giving the orders, you're no longer leading the flock. I mean, that's those are important things, and those are things that, that people need. I mean, isn't that scary? Oh, Sean, you know me well. That That is knee-knocking scary for me. Uh-huh. I've lived in Roswell 45 years. How many pastors get to stay in one place? Why, you know, why did God do that? Because God knows I hate to move. <laughs> God knows I hate to pack. He's been so gracious to let me stay do my entire public ministry, pastoral ministry in in one town. And so, yeah, Mary and I, we have never been this way before. Never. Mm. This is uncharted territory for us. So, yeah, it's very frightening on the one hand, but on the other, we just know too much about God (laughs) that um, he has too much goodness in him to let us down. Yeah. And, and Mary and I have witnessed way too much of the goodness of God to doubt that the best is not yet to come. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it is. So we know he's got surprises up his sleeve for us, just like he did Moses. Yeah. We have no idea what they are. But you, you, you put, quoted the scripture a moment ago of if, if God is good, Mm-hmm. And he's so much better than human fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, God's not going to give us a snake. That's he's not right. going to give us a scorpion, as That's right. Jesus said. And so how can we say anything but the best is yet to come? Yeah. yeah. So we're very excited, nervous, scared. Yeah. Absolutely. But I know for us, and I also know for Grace, you know, when a new pastor comes on board, I really believe that the best is yet to come. The promised land awaits yeah. this church. Wow. And it will be exciting. And I appreciate you giving Grace the room to explore that for themselves. And uh, I, we all know that there are some leaders, they made the mistake of staying too long. Um, and uh, th- who knows what's the right amount? Only the leader. And obviously, you know. And so we appreciate, because that means... We can't experience what's next until that happens. So, Absolutely. Whew, wow, but it's still scary. <laughs> well, Rick, of course, uh, it is. Kind of, it has come time for uh, Rick's quote of the week. So uh, hang on a second. Got to let the music fade in. Okay, Rick, what do we got for you? Well, you know, thinking about Moses and thinking about living 120 years, a life well lived, I thought of a wonderful quote of Nelson Mandela. And, mm. and he, he talks about life. And here's, here's what Nelson Mandela said. What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived. It is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. Wow. Well said, Nelson Mandela. Yes. It's really not how many years you know, but it's how much life is in your years. Yes, that's right. And it's making a difference in the lives of others. Moses, he did it right. 
And what an example for us of pouring your life, adding value to other people. That's what will give ultimate significance and value to a person's life. Oh, fantastic quote. You, where do you find these things? All that's, over the place. All over. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Rick, what else is happening here at Grace? I'm excited because the new series has been launched, and this Sunday we're going to look now at Jordan River Rule Number 1. We're going to look at 10 rules uh-huh. that we learn in Joshua's chapter 1 through 6. Rule number 1, realize God means for you to move forward. Yeah. And uh, our children's pastor, Alan Getty, is going to be uh, delivering that message. Oh, terrific. And he's very excited about it. We've talked, so it's going to be a great one. Also, I want to mention, Sean, that Grace has the opportunity to uh, be sharing a a movie on Monday night, January 16th, 7 p.m. here at Grace in Mm -hmm. our auditorium. And it is a a powerful, uh, moving movie about human trafficking. It's Mm -hmm. called The Pursuit of Freedom. Yeah. And I've seen the movie, and it is a powerful movie. And if you, if you think uh, human trafficking is something that mm, it's not that big a deal, or it could never happen here, I would encourage people to come. Now, I also want to mention this is not a movie for children. Mm. I would say teenagers and up, yeah, teenagers and adults would uh, enjoy. Uh, maybe the word enjoy, but be uh, instructed yes. and enlightened about how human trafficking can really happen to anyone. And it, it happens in our, in our nation. And if people uh, think it doesn't, maybe this movie, though this one, it's a true story. It doesn't happen in America. But as you watch the movie, you think, oh, that could happen anywhere. That's right. And it is a powerful movie. I want to encourage people to come Monday night, January 16th, which is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm. Come out 7 o'clock to grace and enjoy or be enlightened by pursuit of freedom. Yeah, yeah. And so it is, and by the way, I'm involved with it. And so we're going to be having one of the actors, Steve Shermet, will be there to talk about his experience. But um our good friend Jeff Everett is going to be there. And so he has firsthand knowledge and experience of combating human trafficking. And so he, he'll, he'll, he'll say a couple things as well. And so it, it, I hope that the end we'll see an inspiration that leads to greater hope and awareness. Because uh, we have to know this. God, God is a God of justice. And so we can do something about yeah. this. And so we're asking we're going to be asking for a donation and that will go towards a nonprofit that every day they fight against uh, human trafficking and there are of course malevolent forces that they would rather kill these people uh, rather than see uh, their cash flow stop because yeah. the money's their god. Yeah. But we're pleased to uh, sponsor the movie. We hope people will come out. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? That's it. That's it. Okay, thank you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roswellgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.